0: Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is Martin. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And we might have a little fun along the way. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger.
1: Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. The program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God God family country. It's great to be with you today. We're especially pleased to be with you and thank you for the opportunity to join you as we head to the finish of election season 2020. Early voting has already started. I'm sure some of you have already voted. Many others uh, have not voted yet. Uh, We're going to devote uh, the rest of our programs until election day to candidates. And that will be the topic of our program today on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Right now, we're pleased to be joined by the property appraiser for Seminole County, Mr. David Johnson. He is on the ballot, uh, and he is a candidate for re-election to that position. Uh, David's on the line with us right now. David, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you, Roger. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you and your audience today.
1: Now, I do want to ask you if, uh, some things about, you know, the your accomplishments uh, having uh, served as the property appraiser um, in recent years. But first of all, um, speaking of the elections, it's not just candidates that are in the, on the ballot. There are a, a large number of amendments on the ballot as well. And uh, a, a couple of them particularly relate to your office and the job that you do as property appraiser and, of course, to uh, landowners and property owners. Could you uh, share a little light on those uh, with, uh, for us, please?
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Roger. Um, yes, uh, there are a total of six constitutional amendments on the ballot uh, this year, Amendments 5 and 6 uh, directly relate to uh, – p- affect how property taxes uh, are calculated and benefits that are that are afforded to property owners. And let's just go real quickly over 5 and 6. Uh, amendment 5 says – and this is an amendment to the Constitution and just as a little primer – Everything my office does is embedded in both the state constitution and the state statute. So if we want to make any dramatic changes, we've got to change the the constitution, and only the voters can do that. So Amendment 5 does this. Uh, Under current law, uh, if you have your, your home as your primary residence and you have a homestead exemption, when you sell that home, you have two years in which to take with you your savings from your old home to a new home that you buy, okay? And that's under the current law. Uh, That works 99% of the time for uh, folks uh, in Florida, uh, but there are some instances where people have not been able to make a decision in that two-year period of time about what they want to do. Do they want to buy another home? Do they want to build a home? Do they want to rent? And we've had some folks that have fallen through the cracks, if you will and and have lost the benefit of those savings that are theirs actually, because they went past the two year period. What this amendment does is it extends it from the current two years to three years and um you know again, those are benefits that the property owner has and should take be able to take with them and um, I think it's a wonderful thing to give them another year to make some pretty you know, major life-changing decisions, if you will, and, and not to rush into a decision. So that's what Amendment 5 does. Uh, Amendment 6, uh, under current law, if you are a veteran and you were injured in a combat-related situation, okay, uh, there, is a, there is an exemption from property taxes that's allowed by Florida law which we all agree is, is a wonderful thing and should be um, – You know, folks have sacrificed enough without having to pay uh, you know, a, a lot of property taxes. So that benefit extends uh, to folks that have been injured in combat-related situations. Unfortunately, under current law, when that person passes away, the surviving spouse, if they're married, loses that benefit. Okay, And uh, we as a property appraisers in our association have years – Lobbied and say, you know, this is a family that's made a sacrifice, not just a veteran. And why should we take something away from them uh, when that when that veteran passes away? So what this amendment does is this: it says when that person passes away, the surviving spouse gets to keep that exemption until he or she either gets remarried or sells the home. So um, we think that's good stuff. Um, that both amendments are very taxpayer friendly. Um, and, and you know, that's what we're all about is um, giving benefits or extending benefits to folks uh, who who deserve them. So uh, I would, not to get too partisan, I would certainly encourage folks to vote yes on five and six.
1: Brent, we're speaking with property appraiser for Seminole County, Mr. David Johnson. He's also a candidate for reelection in the 2020 elections. Now, David, would like to ask you, and you've shared a little bit about this with us the last time you were here, but it's been a while ago, and we have new listeners every show. Sure. Um, can you talk about uh, your, your service as property appraiser, especially over the last four years, and some of the things that uh, the accomplishments that you have, have had that you'd like to share?
2: Sure. And I appreciate that, Roger. Um, yeah, I've, I've been elected as the property appraiser since 2004 as the elected official. Uh, over the last four years, we have... Um, been able to introduce some pretty good uh, additional uh, services to our taxpayers uh, in, in, for Seminole County. Uh, our website is an award-winning website and is utilized by many different uh, folks in the insurance business, real estate business, uh, homeowners, etc., uh, who receive a lot of information off that site to, to do what they need to do, uh, transacting their business. And we keep adding on to that based on information and comments that we receive from our, our, our users. And one of the things that we've added over the last couple of years is the ability to file your tangible personal property tax returns online. The other thing that has been in effect for a number of years but we keep enhancing it and making it more seamless and, and easier to use is the our online portal – to uh, file for Homestead exemption. The Homestead exemption is the primary exemption that my office administers and affects the most property owners. And quite literally, um, that can be applied for online. It takes less than five minutes. And uh, we have the highest rate of online applications of any office in the state. About 70% of our users uh, utilize the online portal for filing for homestead exemption. The other thing that I'm proud of, and I think it's important as we move forward, especially in the, the environment that we're currently in, is um, over the last four years. You know, we, we've come out of the Great Recession, okay, and uh, you know that was pretty significant in, the, in 2008 nine, and it's, it took us a number of years to climb out of that hole from the Great Recession, and um, you know, it just seemed like once we got there. Um, here we are now uh, with um, the COVID issue. And certainly, the dynamics are totally different. But what um, I've been proud of over the last four years is shepherding the office through, um, you know, coming out of of the the Great Recession. And I think we're going to need that experience moving forward because there are going to be certain property types, especially our our commercial properties, that will be affected by COVID-19. And uh, it's going to be important to to make sure that we are we are, uh, moving the office forward and, and, and taking care of those taxpayers and listening to their situations and adjusting our values uh, because of the effects of COVID-19.
1: Friends, we're speaking with Mr. David Johnson. He's the property appraiser for Seminole County. He is a candidate for re-election, and you're listening to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. We're glad you're joining us today as we focus on candidates who will be on the ballot here in our last few programs before the November 3rd elections. And, you know, David, can you talk about a little bit um, about your background before you were elected property appraiser in business?
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Actually, um, I graduated from Stetson University in 1986 with a degree in finance and a a major in finance. And I had the privilege of starting my career actually here in the property appraiser's office in 1986. So that's, what, 34 years ago? Um, and I wasn't just a baby uh, <laughs> then, but uh, it, I, it's been a it's been a while. But I had the privilege again of starting my career here as an appraiser trainee, and uh, working my way through the organization, and um, you know, working my way up to being the assistant property appraiser in the year 2000. Uh, I am a certified Florida appraiser, and I think that is very very important for the office of the property appraiser. I mean, I, the analogy I use is you probably wouldn't want to elect a sheriff who did not have some kind of law enforcement background, you probably don't want to, uh, well, you can't, Like the state's attorney that's not a lawyer or a judge. So um, we think that, the, you know, or I think that having a certified Florida appraiser's uh, designation is very important to the administration of the property appraiser's office. Obviously, this office is, is mostly an administrative-type function, but you certainly need to understand the principles that are behind the real estate market and the appraisal process in order to manage it effectively. So um, that, that's a little bit about my background and uh, you know, I'm, I, I feel very proud of that and have been the privilege of, like I said, of having most of my career here in the office and, and seeing every aspect of it and seeing the tremendous growth that Seminole County has gone through over the years. Um, I, the other thing I'll say, Roger, is when I first started working here, we had a, a tax roll that was about $5.6 billion today the tax roll that we certified for uh, this year is almost $54 billion. So we, we it, it, it's grown a little bit uh, along with Seminole County, along with Seminole, with uh, Central Florida in general. And uh, we've, like I said, been able to manage that growth and and be uh, very efficient with it and, while at the same time providing great level of service to our taxpayers.
1: Well, we appreciate you joining us today, Um here before the election, I know you're busy uh, not only running the office but also uh, getting out there and meeting the citizens uh, on your campaign trail as well. Uh, you know, thank you for for joining us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show today.
2: Thank you, Roger. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: And before you go, we got about uh, two minutes or, or less. Uh, is there a way that say uh, sit, you know, listeners that might like to learn more about you or um, you know can can connect sure. with you?
2: Sure. So my campaign website is Let's Keep David Twenty Twenty and on that website, we have a, a lot of information about my background, some of the accomplishments that we've talked about here on the show, uh, a little bit more detail over the years. And so I would encourage folks to you know, go on my website and, and check it out. Uh, from my office's perspective, and my official capacity as a property appraiser, again, the website that we have here is uh, award-winning. It's utilized by – we've got six and a half million hits last year uh, on the office's website So, let me give you that website address also. Um, It is www.scpafl.org. And again, lots of information out there, lots of portals for applying for exemptions, and again, being as transparent as possible to give our taxpayers as much information as they need. And certainly, the site that we have today is a different iteration, when the first one that we did many, many years ago, and that's based on comments and, and information back from our our taxpayers. And so, any time that you're on the, the office's website, there's something you, that you don't see that you would like to see there. Please let us know, and we will do everything we can to try to accommodate those requests. But again, the campaign website is let's keep David twenty twenty
1: David Johnson, property appraiser for Simo County, thank you for joining us on the thank Roger Franklin Williams Show.
2: Thank you very much for the opportunity.
1: Friends, we're going to head to our next break. Of course, we will hear more candidates on the program today. Before we go to break, I want to remind you that our program and all the programs you hear right here on the new AM 950 and FM 94.9, the answer are supported by Dr. Patrick St. Germain and the great people at St. Germain Chiropractic. And I want to let you know also that St. Germain Chiropractic has been voted best chiropractor once again. So when you're in pain, call Dr. St. Germain at 855 when in pain. We'll be right back on The Roger Franklin Williams Show.
0: Welcome back to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. News, views, and interviews important to you. And now here's Roger. And this is my turn. Friends, welcome
1: back. Roger Frank of Williams Show. How about continuing in our program, our series of programs highlighting the 2020 elections. We have another candidate joining us in this segment. We'll go to him in just a moment. Of course, I want to remind you that our program is presented by our friends over at Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. Generous servings of the finest cuts of beef and cold water Australian lobster served in an atmosphere of old school elegance and sophistication. Christner's. Prime Steak and Lobster. and also want to give a shout out and let you know that Dr. Patrick St. Germain, the great people at St. Germain Chiropractic and burnfatterlando.com support our program and all the programs you hear right here on the new AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and the messages of patriotism and support for our free enterprise system that we bring to our listeners. Now we're going to go to a local race, a very important one, not necessarily a high-profile one, but an important one, and that is the race for tax collector in Seminole County. We have the Republican nominee for that position, Mr. J.R. Kroll. Uh, JR, thanks for coming over. Good to see you. Oh,
3: thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it.
1: And uh, you know, I'll let our listeners know you actually uh, tore yourself away from the campaign trail.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm out, uh, out all day today and every day. So, <laughs> so you were out uh, pulling sign duty, I guess, this morning. Yeah, every every day, every morning, I'm out there. It's usually till about afternoon. I mean, I can't stay out there till seven. I got to come back and still get stuff done at the office and you know, for the campaign that needs to be done. So, but we try to do as much as we can getting out there. I have volunteers that are helping me wave signs also.
1: And can you – why don't we start kind of at the top, and can you share a little bit about why – and, of course, that's an open seat right now. Why are you uh, – you have chosen to seek the position of Seminole County tax collector?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean I first got into this race when I was seeing the excessive spending that was happening in, under the former tax collector, and I decided – I said someone has to get in to do that, and I looked at the qualifications of the two that were running. There was a Republican and a, and a Democrat both in the race before me, um, looked at both of their qualifications, that they don't have it what it would take to beat him. Um, as an incumbent with the amount of money he had. So that's when I decided to step in. And what um, you know, led you to have an interest in you know, public service? I've never been in politics before, but I've always done things, you know, when I see like I have to right a wrong, I would go. I, I'm the kind of person that would just step in to do it. And um, like I said, when I saw it, it wasn't going to happen, I said the chances that he would get reelected at that point was very good. So I said, we I need someone who can actually go up against him and have the financial backing for themselves to go in against him to do that.
1: And uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your background in, in, in private business or community service You know, yep. up to this point?
3: Yeah, I, I was born, I moved here. I was born in Jersey originally, California for a few years. Then we moved here uh, with my family in 1983. Came here from middle school, high school, college, met my wife, raised my family, uh, built my businesses here. Um, so I, I love Seminole County. I've always always loved Seminole County. And I really just, um, you know, right. currently I'm in my my business that my wife is running is my real estate business. We have a real estate brokerage with 17 agents. Um, Previous to that, I mean, ever since I was 22 years old, I got my first job in management and managed a furniture store in Castleberry. And then I moved into um, an insurance office and I managed that office for a couple of years. And then my father suffered a heart attack. So I ended up having to leave that to go run his business, which I didn't know anything about microelectronic materials and engineering, but I figured it out quickly and doubled and tripled our sales actually. So uh, we did really well in that, but then he eventually had an opportunity to retire and sell the business. So then at that point was 17 years ago when I got into real estate.
1: Very interesting. And friends, we're speaking with Mr. J.R. Kroll. He's a candidate for tax collector in Seminole County. And you're listening to The Roger Franklin William Show. We're glad you're joining us today. You know, and we have a little bit of insight into, say, the constitutional officer positions um, just through our friend Grant Malloy, of course, who's you know, currently the clerk of court in Seminole County. And I, I know that i um, mean and somebody who's participated in, you know, actively in politics and observed it really pretty much all my life. But, you know, the, the, the constitutional officer positions are, are not the sexy races, if you will. No. You know, they're not going to be, uh, you know. In the headlines, necessarily, you know, barring I guess scandal or whatever, but but they're very important. And can you share a little bit about some of the duties of the tax collector's
3: Yeah, I mean it, it's it's an it's an elected position. I would say I don't really say I don't consider myself a politician because there's really not any besides for the election times. There's not any politicking that's going on in the office. It's really an administrative managerial position managing 122 employees out of six offices of Seminole County and bringing. The ser- keeping the service to the, to the, you know, per- the residents of Seminole County and, and bringing technology and stuff that will, that will keep going with at the pace that it needs to. Um, yeah. So you're not going to have any, any voting rights or anything like that or any kind of any, any kind of petitioning of anything you shouldn't be. But, you know, uh, uh, my opponent has been pushing that pretty hard for making it a partisan race. Um, and I keep pushing the opposite way to keep saying it's not a partisan race. This is a administrative, you know, this is an elected official, but not a politician, you know. And, you know, in, as you shared with us,
1: you've got a lot of experience in management, you know, going back to even, I guess yep. it sounds like your 20s even, um, in, in, you know, a variety of different, different businesses. What are some things that you think that you can take from your experience uh, and bring to the Seminole County Tax Collector's Office that will help to run the office more efficiently?
3: Well, I mean, getting, getting to be a manager at age 22 is not easy because, you know, everyone looks at you when you're managing most people that are going to be older than you, they would say how do you get to that position? Well you work hard you you know that's what I'm I've always done. I don't I don't give up I push keep pushing until I get where I need to be um, And that's kind of you know with my with employees. I'm not the kind of person that just sits behind a desk and yells, barks orders. I am the kind of person that gets behind there and learns it and wants to know about it and works with them. So they want, so the employees will want to work for you and say, and want to get accomplishments together instead of just, you know, barking orders at them. Um, it, it's really just management has been all I've ever done. Even in real estate, you're managing You know, as a real estate broker, because I manage 17 agents, so we have to, you know, manage them to make sure that their sales are up and, you know, everything's moving along. You have to manage your customers. You have to manage, you know, uh, the the mortgage company. These are all management-type positions. Even in real estate, you still have to do it. And in terms of, excuse me, have you had a chance to, excuse me,
1: really um, examine much about the office, the way the office is run currently? Um, Are there some things that you would change or there's some things that they're doing well or, you know, uh, any ideas that you have to to make it more efficient? Oh, for sure.
3: I've been I've been spending time with um, the out of county, the other county um, tax collectors for Lake County, for David Jordan. I've been speaking with Volusia County's uh, Will Roberts. And these are guys I talk to all the time. Um, I do speak with also Brevard County. Uh, Lisa Collin. And I've been, and I also biggest one I've been speaking to now has a lot has been, uh, Cynthia Torres, who is the deputy tax collector currently of, of Seminole County. Uh, so I speak with her. I even actually speak also with the former, former tax collector, Ray Valdez that did this for 28 years. So I, I gather all this information from different people to be able to have the best basis of what it's going to take to make this the most efficient office. Um, knowing the budgets right now going through it things are starting to clean up in there i mean there was a mess that that cynthia torres was running in there that's the deputy tax collector and she she has fixed a lot of it now there's certain things she doesn't want to take on her plate just because they're going to be a little more difficult so she's kind of leaving it for the next tax collector and that's going to be some leases um you know that's legal and then of course some some employment contracts that we'd have to go through but all in all, most of the budgets have been corrected already for this because the new budget has already comes out in July. So they, they have to come with the new budget and it has been already submitted. So they're they're already there now looking at that budget to be approved and it should be approved. I mean, we're looking at this from this year. We're looking at like 2.8 million coming back to Seminole County, luckily, because Greenberg was out from middle of the year. He he got stopped, you know, <laughs> so that was that was a good thing. He didn't he couldn't keep his spending. <laughs>
1: Friends, you're listening to The Roger Frank, and williams Show. We're speaking with J.R. Kroll. He's a candidate for Seminole County Tax Collector. And, you know, uh, J.R., I'm thinking, as I observe from an outsider, of course, every tax collector's office is one of those offices that every citizen interfaces with, uh, literally, just because of certain true. The duties, uh, uh, car auto registration, um, things like that. Um, and I'm sure there are a lot of technical things that happen within the office, managerial type things. But um, – you know, computer systems, things like that. But another side of it, completely different side, is just the customer service aspect. And, you know, I think that's where most citizens, um, you you know, I guess, you know, get frustrated, if you will, with certain, you know, constitutional officer, you know, governmental bureaucracy agencies, whether it's the DMV or, or whatever, if they do, and I'm not saying they, they always do because, you know, various ones are, are, are run more efficiently than others. But I guess my question is, you know, what what is your, you know, goals, your goals or your focus in terms of just the customer service aspect of the office?
3: I mean, the first thing I want to do when I get into office is I want to get into there and look at the budget, you know, to make sure, because I know there is still some hang leftover hangover, uh, employees that are still there, um, that were not m- more like executive positions that were still there that, that need to be, have replacements done on them. Um, secondly, I want to get in there and change the, the system that we currently use for it's called, it's called the Fox pro system and they use it for the, the tax collection, the property tax collection in conjunction with the property appraiser's office. Now the property appraiser updated all their software we are dealing with software from the 90s that run on Windows 97. And this, for some reason, Greenberg didn't find this technology to be important, where it's the biggest money maker for the tax for the county is coming in from property taxes. So I really want to get that updated to, to go in, in line with the, the property appraisers software so that, they, that we can have a smooth transaction between the two, because that's really kind of where we get a hiccup where things can come because things have to be manually entered between the two. Very
1: interesting. Well, it's been great having you join us today, uh, you know, down inside our last two minutes or so. Um, can you, is there anything you'd like to share with citizens that maybe would like to learn more about your, your campaign?
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously this, this election is a lot of red and blue. And I really say, you know, in these local elections and official, you know, uh, constitutional officers, we really need to be looking at experience because experience matters. Um, my, you know, my opponent has never managed people, has never had any type of Uh, management or or owning of a business. So I would say, you know, with my 27 years of doing that, it's just a common sense to say to vote for J.R. Kroll for Seminole County tax collector.
1: Well, thanks for joining us. Do you have a website for for people to
3: visit? Yeah, sure do. It's uh, www.electjrkroll.com.
1: Excellent. Friends, uh, before we go to break, of course, I want to give you this word from our friends over at a Popka Mower and Equipment Repair. A Popka Moor and Equipment Repair is your one stop center for all your lawn and garden needs. Popka Moore carries the best brands in the power equipment industry, and they're they're your home for steel power equipment products, plus Skag, Toro, and Bad Boy Mowers. Popka Moore also has a full line of top quality generators at affordable prices. Come see Mike and Kyle and Brett and Thor and all the great guys at Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. They're located 2975 West Orange Blossom Trail between Plymouth Serena Road and the 429. Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. They sell the best and they fix the rest. Find out more at apopkamower.com. And quickly want to give a shout out to our friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair demetrius and odysseus virgos it's where i take my car i had to take it there this week actually and had another outstanding experience i urge you to if you have any need for your auto get over to see them they're located 1908 south arms Blossom trail apopka we'll be right back on the roger franken williams show
0: Welcome back to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. News, views, and interviews, important to you. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn.
1: Welcome back to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to have you joining us in these crucial times now for our community, our state, and for our nation, for the future of our country, actually. I hope you're enjoying the program today. Now we'll want to share a few more things about what we can do as citizens to help affect the outcome of the election, and I'm seeking right now specifically for the presidential election, which you know, I suspect. Um, you Try not to figure it out beforehand. Try not to overthink it. I'm not going to try to worry about the the dynamics of it. Other than just, I think at this point, everybody needs to do everything they can to support the candidate that they prefer and you know certainly for me that's president donald trump and i suspect uh for most if not all of of you so and i do just think it's going to be a good close election um, you know, certainly in the state of florida i suspect it'll be a very close election why do i think that well one reason is because virtually every major contested race between republicans and democrats in general elections in the last couple of years have been razor thin margins Governor DeSantis got elected with a razor-thin margin, and so I suspect that the presidential race will be the same. And what that means, more specifically, is that what you or I do, in addition to just voting, and I don't want to say just voting, in addition to voting, that's the first and most crucial thing that we need to do, and I realize many of you have already voted already, and I, guess I think that's a good thing, um, is to get others, influence other votes, get others to the polls. Make sure somebody is – if we know somebody who's undecided, see if we can swing them over to vote for President Trump. If we know people that are voting for, for Trump or inclined to, but they're uh, not um, passionate, if you will, or not committed to going and vote, we need to get them get them to, to the polls. And the thing about early voting makes it a lot easier. Now you're just not talking about hitting a, one bullseye one day um, on the calendar. You, we can start to work on that. Right now, And I can assure you that the Biden supporters are working on their get out the vote effort. So we're going to talk about some specific things, not just generalities, but specific things that we can do as individuals, grassroots techniques that can drive up the support, the votes for any candidate that we're supporting. But I'm going to speak directly today about uh, President Trump and his reelection effort. Before we do that, though, of course, I want to remind you that our program and all the programs you hear right here on the new AM 950 and FM 94.9, The Answer, are supported by our friends over at Florida Door Solutions. Florida Door Solutions is founded on the old school foundation of knowledge, professionalism, and commitment to their customers. So when you have garage door problems, I want to let you know that Florida Door Solutions has your solution. You can find them at FLA door.com that's FLA door.com or just give them a call at 866 FLA door. That's 866 FLA door and be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. So first and foremost, what I want to encourage everybody to do, I've mentioned this before, uh, it's even more crucial now is obviously step number one, go and vote. Make sure you get there. In fact, the earlier, most likely, the better. Um, secondly, is influence other votes. And what I would – I'm asking you basically to do, and it's, it's nothing – I'm I'm going to do the same exact thing myself, and I have done it actually in past elections, and you, you wouldn't believe how effective it can be, um, is attempt uh, – try to influence or influence other votes people that you either may not be inclined to vote or people that are undecided. You need to tell these people this very specific, basic reasons why they need to vote specifically for president Donald Trump. Um, But also get at least one other person to the polls. I think if every one of us can establish a goal, get one other person to the polls the ultimate impact, the macro impact, would be extraordinary. Now, of course, not everybody's going to do that, but it, just don't worry about that. We can't worry about what somebody's not going to do. We can't worry about what we can't control. What we can control is our own sphere of influence, the, our own circle of friends and acquaintances. And we can, every single person, myself, every single person listening to this show right now, can can influence at least one other vote, and we can get at least one other person to the polls. And I'm asking you to do that. Now, of course, if you can do more, do more. If you can get five, get five. If you can get 10, get 10. Some people can do that. Uh, probably many people could. Um, and it, but I, I, don't want to overwhel- I don't want anybody to feel overwhelmed either. So the most important thing is get that, get that first one. Get that one other person to the polls to vote for Donald Trump. Now, right now I want to talk about Things that you would tell somebody who's not convinced, because really, in terms of our daily lives, our lives could and and would—I mean, (laughs) let's not not say could—would change dramatically for the worst if Joe Biden gets in there as president, Um, because essentially, the hardcore left wing, hardcore leftists, Marxists, have tremendous influence in the Democrat Party today. And um, you are basically controlling people that would be have are are basically uh, advising um, a Biden candidacy. And of course, with his health situation, that's pretty obvious. Um, You know, it's uh, he might, in fact, most likely wouldn't even last for a full four years if he were in office. So, but here's uh, several I'm just going to talk about very, very basic issues that you you don't need to be a political consultant. You don't need to be a professional political person to share these things with other people. First uh, and foremost, to me, and I'm just going to go down the list of the things that are most important to me, first and foremost is freedom of religion, our sacred First Amendment li- right to, that should not be af- uh, infringed, uh, as stated in the Constitution, to worship as we see fit, when, where we sh- we see fit. That's an absolute. That should be an absolute. Now, of course, in recent years, Going back so not so recent, forty, fifty, sixty years. Various, numerous Supreme Court decisions have limited our constitutional right um for freedom of religion. Well we need to stop that trend. And once again, um Trump has done more than his part in that by the the quality of the Supreme Court justices that he's nominated and uh you know and and helped to get confirmed. The point is Ask yourself a basic question and don't take my word for it. You do your own research, look around. Every time, virtually every single time you see a judge, um, a government, a mayor, a governor doing something that's going to infringe upon people's right to assemble and worship, it's a Democrat. Virtually every single time. Right now in Oregon, you've been hearing about it on our station. Uh, The governor of Oregon has um, made an edict that— Public schools can go back to school, certain size schools, um, but the same size schools for for private Christian schools cannot go back to school. That's a blatant violation of the First Amendment. Um, other places, Michigan, New York, New York City, the the mayors and or governors are literally inhibiting people from worshiping. Uh, that's that's not a random situation. The, the the left, which drives the Democrat Party right now, the engine of the Democrat Party. Their number one priority is to get God out of the culture, to get God out of the public square. So, okay, you you want to you want to have your freedom of religion uh, you know infringed upon? You want to have uh, you know church services um, regulated by the government? You want to have private Christian schools essentially shut down or closed arbitrarily? Well, then you'll vote for Democrat. You vote for Joe Biden. If you want to continue your First Amendment right, your sacred First Amendment right as American to worship freely. Um, um, then you would vote for for President Trump. So that's one thing that everybody sh- should know about. And, and, and the thing is, I understand the reason I'm sharing this with you, the reason we're having this conversation is because – and I fall in this trap myself, I always go around thinking everybody knows that. Well, everybody knows that. No, they don't know. <laughs> I would say the majority of people that you and I know, regardless of wh- what party they're registered to or whatever, do not know these basic, you know, these basic things that, we're, that I'm telling you about. So we need to assume that the people we know do not know. They do not know how bad life could be with a Biden presidency and if Democrats can't take control of our government. And they, um, so they, they, we need to be the ones to, to tell them. Another important issue, a vitally important issue, is the, of course, the abortion issue, the the, the right to life. Essentially, um, you know, if you if you support abortion, especially if you support wholesale abortion on demand, if you support um, you know partial birth uh, abortion, all those things, late term, vote for the Democrats. They are they are um, you know, explicit in their support for these things. If you feel strongly, if you are strongly anti-abortion, if you are strongly right to life then you need to vote for Donald Trump um, or anybody does. You know, any, And I know I know and I know all of us know at least one person, probably a lot more than one. Um, that's a strong right to life person who might be undecided right now. Well, We need to tell them what we know, that the, the, the right to life candidate is Donald Trump. The pro-abortion candidate is Joe Biden. And that that's a, a given. That's an absolute. Um, uh, thirdly, Second Amendment rights, gun ownership. It's a top priority issue specifically for Kamala Harris, the vice presidential candidate for Joe Biden, for the Democrats. She wants to um, do everything she can to eliminate gun ownership by individual citizens in America um, on record for doing that. This isn't up for debate. This isn't a nebulous issue. This is very explicit. So anybody that you or I know (laughs) that feels strongly about their right to keep and bear arms, to own a, a firearm of their own, um, for whatever reason, but certainly for personal uh, safety, um, that needs to be a Trump voter, because if if you if the Democrats get elected, Biden, Harris, the left, move into the presidency, I can assure you that there will be an aggressive effort to infringe our right to keep and bear arms, and, and that would— not be limited to legislation. That would be in rhetoric. That, of course, they're talking about packing the Supreme Court. What that means is adding a Supreme Court justices so that they can politicize the Supreme Court, so they can put people with uh, predetermined um, positions on political issues, which is blatantly not in the spirit of what the whole concept of behind the Supreme Court, which should be a, a judicial arbiter based on the law, not on politics— Democrats want to politicize the Supreme Court so they can put people on there that they know going in will be pro abortion, that they know going in when they go into the court will be anti gun ownership. Uh, so <laughs> can't, that's a very basic issue. It's not hard to explain to anybody. If anybody that we know supports the right to keep and bear arms, we need to make sure that they get out and vote for Donald Trump. If anybody we know who's pro life, anti abortion, we need to make sure that they get out and vote for Donald Trump. Anybody that we know who wants to continue to worship uh, freely without government interference, uh, exercise our First Amendment right to freedom of religion, they need to get out and vote for Donald Trump because those three issues alone will will, will, will dramatically change if the Democrats are elected. That's what I encourage you to tell your friends uh, here in these last final days and make sure at least one other person gets to the polls to vote for Donald Trump. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show.
0: This is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. News, views, and interviews important to you. And now here's Roger. And this is my
1: turn. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We'll give a shout out to our friends over at Christmas Prime Steak and Lobster. It's where you'll get generous servings of prime cuts of beef and cold water Australian lobster served in an atmosphere of old school elegance and sophistication. They're located 729 Lee Road. That's just two blocks west of I-4 in Orlando. I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Network Sound and Video, Vito and Rhonda. It's where your memories can last forever. They do a variety of tremendous services. Contact Network Sound and Video for audio and video restoration services, they also restore film, VHS, and all camcorder tapes to DVD and digital. They can also restore record albums, reels, and cassettes to D- CD and digital. They can also scan photos and slides and create DVD videos for every occasion. It's Network Sound and Video. You can find them 24-7, 365 at networksoundandvideo.com. You can just give them a call at 407-834-8555. That's 407-834-8555. And if you call during business hours, a live person will answer your call. Or you can just drop by and see them in person. They're conveniently located at 2520 Ronald Reagan Boulevard in Longwood. And that's in the Big Tree area of Longwood on Ronald Reagan Boulevard. Network, sound, and video. Now, I'd like to share some basic fundamental things that you can do to affect the presidential election or any other election that you're passionate about. Uh, and these are incredibly basic grassroots campaign tactics. I've employed these myself, both as a candidate and on behalf of other candidates. And if you employ any of these tactics, and certainly some people will employ most, if not all, you can have a dramatic impact on the election process, and you can dramatically drive up the candidates' votes for whom you're supporting. And if multiple people do this, uh, the the impact is extraordinary. And it's just basic get-out-the-vote tactics um, concepts. In fact, some of these go all the way back to Abraham Lincoln, if not before. Um, but one thing I would say, and, and one thing always somebody, and this is human nature. I, I, I do my I do this myself, and I have to fight myself um, to not do it. Is is there's always this little voice that will pop up and say, "Well, gee, I'm just one person. What can I do? Or I've just got one vote. Um, you know, <laughs> what what is that going to do? Well, first of all, it's extraordinarily important. Um, just our one vote, and that's absolutely necessary that we need to to vote ourselves. But there's a lot that we can do, and it's a lot that we can do without, uh, you know, uh, working ourselves to the bone. Because I know everybody's busy. Everybody has many things. Most people have many things going on in their lives, and um, you know, this is something that that you know these are activities that would need to be done. But it, you can pick or choose. You can do the most uh, less strenuous activities, or uh, all the way up to the to to the the ones that um that take a little time. But first and most basic is let your friends and neighbors. And some people are like well. I don't know a lot of people or gee, I just live in an apartment or, you know, I don't have a whole lot of friends or I don't belong in any groups or civic organizations or whatever. But when we really stop to think of it, all of us have people that we come in contact with. And even at the lowest level, somebody who's, you know, in, in stays at home 24 hours a day uh, uh, can still let people stick a sign in their window <laughs> or stick a sign in your yard. Uh, if you live in an apartment or a condo, stick a sign in your window, right? That right there is going to have an impact because for undecided voters, one of the key ways that undecided voters decide who to vote for is if somebody's close to them has uh, decided, or if they know somebody that they're a friend with or a relative or somebody that they respect um, is voting for a particular candidate, the undecided voter will very likely vote for that candidate. So just the mere act of sticking a sign in your yard, sticking a sign in your window, uh, will has the potential to impact other undecided voters. Another thing to do, and of course, you know, the same concept as, you know, bumper sticker on your car if you have a vehicle. Another thing and this you know, is, is in accordance with your comfort level, but your your organiz- you know, your your family um, you know we all uh, your families are diverse and yeah you know, I'm sure all of us have people that uh, not aren't, aren't as passionate about politics as we are and and may not know um, uh, all the ins and outs that we know. so make sure your family knows who you're supporting um, and if somebody's undecided you, know, have a talk with them. Tell them the things we already talked about. Tell them which you know Trump's the right to life candidate. Tell them Trump's the candidate that's going to support their right to keep and bear arms. Um, tell them that Trump's the candidate who's going to support freedom of religion and put judges on the on the uh, the bench that will support all of those concepts. Who's obviously, I, I think it. Well, I don't want to say obviously, but I yeah, one point one more point about Trump uh, issue wise. If you're talking about the economy. There are not too many people literally in the world that know more about our free market economy and how to make it work than Donald Trump. I mean, no matter if you don't like the guy personally, no matter what you might say about him negatively, uh, he knows how to make money and he knows how to make money in the private sector. Joe Biden's been in Congress for all of his years, 47 years. Now, I guess apparently he knows how to make money, too, uh, whether it's whether that's ethical or not, I guess is another question. Trump knows how to make money and how to make the how the economy works and how to make it work, so um, that's one more thing to think about and talk about with our undecided voters: is the economy important to you <laughs> going forward? Well, if it is, Trump is the one that will be best suited to to make that work um, and have prosperity. But back to family, you know, talk to our family, um, let them know who you support. Um, if they're undecided, tell them why. Tell them, you know, and, and once they become convinced to vote for Trump, make sure they, they go out and vote. The next thing is, is the, the friends that we come in contact with. We all, virtually all of us have people that we come in contact with on a regular basis, um, sometimes a daily basis, at work, wherever that might be. Uh, you know, obviously, you have to be a little bit careful at work. I'm not, I'm not advocating campaigning at work. I'm just saying that wherever you interact with other people for the those who are undecided in this race and who are going to be voting in this race, there's a there's a tremendous opportunity to gently persuade them to vote for Trump, and the impact of that would be extraordinary. Um, going a step further, and then of course our organizations. Again, some people aren't that have that many organizations; others have a lot. Many, I know, many of our listeners go to church regularly. <laughs> the, 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 our friends at church are a treasure trove of undecided voters. And many, um, you know, religious people are not up on all the issues. I would dare say there are many Christians, um, other, you know, religious people that aren't aware of the impact that the Supreme Court has on specifically the freedom of religion issue um, or, or the impact that federal judges have. Well, this, this is a top burner issue. This is an issue that affects every single citizen directly. So the type of judges that have potential president would put on the Supreme Court and the federal courts has a direct impact on our ability to worship freely. Well, Trump is the one who's going to put the judges that are pro-religious uh, uh, freedom on the bench. Biden, Harris are the ones that are going to put the, the judges on the bench that are hostile to religion. And you know, all you have to do is look at the record um, to, to, to see the explicit uh, situation of that. So when we talk to our friends at church, talk to our friends at whatever organization we're into, Rotary, Kiwanis, whatever it might be, Lions Club, Elks Club, make sure that our friends know who we are supporting and why. And during that process, you will discover undecided – we will discover discover undecided voters, which means we have an opportunity to, to get Trump an additional vote and make sure that that person gets to the polls. Uh, and I and now it's running out of time, so we'll skip ahead a little bit. Um, now, one thing that those who are highly motivated about this um, may want to do, and I've done this and I'm doing it now, make a list of everybody that you know that you feel comfortable talking to about this, or maybe even some you don't feel comfortable. Sit down and make a list. And some people's list, that might be one person. Some people's list might be three to five people. Others, 10, 15, 20. Others, it would be hundreds. Others, it would be thousands. Um you know, and and the, figure out a way that, that you can reach these people. Now, another – a great way, a great tactic that not too many people employ is just send a little postcard. Get some little blank postcards. Sit down, address them. Everybody, um, you know, in your address book, if you will, um, everybody that you want to, to know about this. Sit down, send a postcard. You know, Please uh, vote for Donald Trump, President Trump, on November the 3rd. Um, if, if you need help uh, getting to the polls, let me know. You can reach literally, you know, obviously scores, hundreds, thousands, if you're, you're inclined, of uh, people that way. And once again, for an undecided voter to get a postcard from one of their friends um, gently suggesting uh, a candidate, th- that's going to have an impact. That that will bear fruit, just that that mere um Suggestions. So these are some very very basic things that we can all do that are not hard at all, and of course those who are savvy with email. You can send out emails to your friends or there, there's a, numerous other things that you can do. But uh, one of the the least intrusive, uh, the most well received, uh, once again a tactic that I have employed myself in campaigns. Uh, one of which, when I was the candidate, um, is send a postcard. To those people that we feel might be undecided, that we might we feel like be a little nudging, or, or even those that we know are, are voting for Trump but might need a reminder to, to go to the polls. Don't forget. Uh, so these are all basic tactics, very simple things that we can all do. And then, of course, another thing is uh, if you're so inclined, just walk your neighborhood. You know, knock on doors in your neighborhood. Um, just you know, let let your friends and neighbors know. Who, that you're supporting President Trump, and um, you know why you are. And I promise you, if you do this, you don't have to walk very far. You could walk your own block or, or less, um, of course. Um, and you you'll 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 be amazed at what you discover. You'll discover undecided voters who are very open-minded. You'll discover people that you know obviously don't vote for Trump, and you know, and they're they're not undecided. They're very decided. You'll vote for others that that feel exactly like you do. They just, you just didn't know that. But the point is. Walking your neighborhood and sharing this with your neighbors would would, would um, bear fruit of a treasure trove of undecided voters um, that could be persuadable and people that you could help encourage to get to the polls and undecided or other voters, pro-Trump voters that are not as motivated to you and might need a little nudging, if you will, need a little encouragement or motivation to get out there and vote for it. So, friends, if you just do one of these simple, basic grassroots tactics that we talked about today, that I've shared with today, you will participate in helping Trump get elected and getting more votes than he otherwise normally would not have. And in this election, I, I, you know, Florida, it could come down to Florida. It really could. Just like the 2000 election did. Florida came down, the election, Bush over Gore in 2000 came down to Florida and it came down to 535 votes. Many of us listening to this show today can influence 535 votes by yourself. Um, Anyway, I'll leave that thought with you as we sign off. Thank you for joining us. Have a great weekend.